Welcome to this inspirational message from Pastor Michelle Lefebure. We pray you're impacted and blessed as you listen. Because the person has not, uh, is changing or, or not forgive because the person doesn't change. Jesus said something very profound. His disciples came to him and said, how many times must we forgive? He said 70 times 7 per day. That's 490 times per day. How many of you have ever done this before? But you've forgiven somebody 490 times a day. Why did Jesus respond like that? He responded like that because he wanted his disciples to understand the heart of God. You see, in the body of Christ today, there are many believers who walk with unforgiveness in their hearts. Deep unforgiveness. Resentment. Deep-rooted in their hearts. Not realizing the impact that it is having in their lives. Let me say this to you. You think that harboring unforgiveness in your heart has no impact. I've got news for you. Unforgiveness is one of the most deadly poisons to the human spirit and to the human soul. It's like poison. If God had to open your eyes so that you can see what it's doing to you as a person, you will see that you are full of poison. Until you get rid and you forgive those who have hurt you. It doesn't just impact the soul and the spirit of man, but it has consequences in the body. Physically, unforgiveness will affect your body with sickness and disease that you have no concept of. You know, one thing which I'm very excited about, there is a South African doctor, her name is Dr. Caroline Leaf. How many of you have heard of her? Caroline Leaf. She's become the top world expert on the brain. Okay? So she's dedicated the past 20 years only to study the brain and figure out how this blob that we carry, because that's what it is, how does this thing work? How does it do what it does? You know, this blob that's in here is the most powerful computer that anybody could ever design. But not only that, we think of our brain as a computer, it computes things, but it doesn't only do that, it also generates things. All right? Now, I don't have time to go in full detail of that. If, by the way, if you want a good, good session on that from Dr. Caroline Leaf, you get onto YouTube and you type in Sid Roth. I don't know how many of you watch Sid Roth. I recommend that every one of you, if you've got internet, watch Sid Roth every day before you go to sleep. Pick up one of his interviews. It's most amazing. He's called it Supernatural. That's the name of his ministry. But what an incredible man. He singles out the most amazing things around the world. And he did an interview with Dr. Caroline Leaf, which I found outstanding. And she explains what happens with toxic thoughts. Now, unforgiveness is one of the biggest toxic thoughts that a human being can entertain. And she says what happens in the brain, and science is starting now to open up to this and to discover these things and bring it to the forth. What she says is your brain generates 
they're, they're invisible, they're tiny microscopic things, billions of them. They every time you have a thought, your brain will either generate a good or a bad tree. She calls them trees. Because that's what they look like. When you, when you put them underneath the microscope and you dig down, they look like little trees. Okay? Every time you have a thought, your brain generates one of those little trees. Now that little tree can either be good and nice and, and, and green and beautiful, or it can look absolutely disgusting and horrible. It looks like lightning has hit it and it's gone dark and black. And it's smoldering. Now toxic thoughts generate those kind of trees in our brain. And the more of these trees form in your brain, the more diseased your body will eventually become. Because this little tree is not just a figment of the imagination. It's a real thing. And now she goes into detail and she's got a book called Who Switched My Brain Off? I don't know how many of you. Can we get this book from our bookshop, by the way? I don't know, but we need to put our books in our bookshop because it's time for the body of Christ to understand the impact of toxic thoughts. And today I'm talk talking to you about forgiveness because the opposite, which is unforgiveness, resentment, anger, judgmentalism, criticism, all of these things, if you entertain that in your life, they will generate toxic thoughts by the billions. And those toxic thoughts is going to generate those little trees that you don't want. Now, forgiveness is at the real center of God's character. I want to say this to you this morning. Now, I pray that as I'm ministering this word to you this morning, that if there are resentments in your life, unforgiveness in your life, anger against people, all of these things, that the Spirit of God will begin to minister into your heart. Because the Spirit of God wants us to be whole. How many of you can say amen to that? The Spirit of God wants us to be healthy, spirit, soul, and body. The Spirit of God, God has created us so that we walk and lead a victorious life. Many people are in bondage, absolute bondage. They can't make decisions, they can't relate to other people, they can't stop criticizing, they can't stop being angry because they have entertained all these toxic thoughts and a lot of unforgiveness, a lot of resentment in their lives. Forgiveness is that the real center of God's character. And if we are going to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, we need to understand that forgiveness has to be the center of our character as well. How many of you can say amen to that? It's very important. You know, the Bible says, be slow to anger and quick to forgive. If somebody hurts you, don't wait two months before you forgive them. You forgive them straight away. But you know, some people say to me, I've forgiven, but I'm angry. No, no, you haven't forgiven. Give me a break. If you had forgiven, you wouldn't be angry. Come on now. There are things that will show you whether you've forgiven. You have forgiven or not. If you're still angry, if you're still resentful, if you're still critical, if you find yourself waking up in the night uh, and wanting to, uh, you know, box them and, and clap them and give them the fivefold ministry, then you have not forgiven. Come on now, I don't hear many amens in this place. 
We have to be challenged on these things, church. Because you're, you're, if we don't get our foundation right, we're not going to be ready for Jesus. Jesus is preparing a bride. And you know, the church today has got their own version. Many Christians have their own version of what it means to be a bride. But let me tell you, you cannot have your own version about being a bride of Jesus Christ. You either do it about according to the word or you don't. You want to be the bride of Jesus, you better follow the word of God. Not your own version. Human wisdom is not what we're looking for. We're looking for God's wisdom. One of the things Dr. Caroline, Caroline Life Life, Leaf, Caroline Leaf, sorry, Caroline Life, same thing, Caroline Leaf, all right? One thing she says is that every time you entertain and renew your mind on the word of God, and instead of entertaining your emotions, you entertain what the word says, you generate one of these little healthy trees in your brain. Hallelujah! Man, this is exciting. You know, and Sid Roth asked of his question. He said, he said to him, look, I'm 73 years old. I never understood any of this and I've entertained thousands and thousands of his toxic thoughts in my brain. He says, how long now? I'm 70. How long is it going to take to undo and kill all of his trees? The bad ones. You know what she said? It, they've actually now proven 21 days of replacing those bad thoughts with good ones. Thoughts from the word of God. And, and replacing that. And, and that then destroys and, and, and brings, she, she described it. It actually begins to dismantle that horrible, toxic little tree that has formed in your brain. It begins to dismantle that. And it begins to build a beautiful, lush, harmonious, green. She's got, she uses some some physical things to explain, to show you what it looks like. And it's, it's re really amazing. So there is hope for us. You've been resenting people for 30 years or whatever it is. There is hope. You can change it provided you are willing to allow the word of God to renew your mind. Because remember, the mind is not the brain. <clears throat> the mind is in your soul. It's invisible. But every thought that you have comes from your mind and eventually ends up in your brain. And from your brain you formulate an action and a decision based on that thought. But it comes from your mind. So the Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know sometimes we read that scripture, we think transformation is only in our soul. But that's not only in the soul. Let me tell you, you can transform your body by the renewing of your mind. Because whatever you entertain, whatever thoughts you put in that brain, is going to affect your body. Hallelujah. So when it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the book of Romans, when it says that, it's not just a transformation of a soul, it's also a transformation of a physical body. You know, I look at people who have walked that journey for many years, you'll be very surprised what these people are like at the age of 90, at the age of 95, some of them, 75. These people are still strong because their body is strong and they are, because they have walked the, according to the word of God all their lives. They've been practicing, they've been putting the flesh down, they've been putting the emotions down. You know, one of the diseases that is well known and it's been well known for many, many years. That comes from unforgiveness. Is the thing called arthritis. How many of you have heard of this? 
Arthritis, not the name of somebody whose first name is Arthur and his surname is Tis. No. It's a disease. And it cripples, cripples many people. Amen. <laughs> many people can't walk and they can't do anything. They can't grab anything they, because they're so sore in their joints. Because they got arthritis. And arthritis is one of the diseases that it's been known in the medical world for decades. Comes out of resentment and unforgiveness. In the main. Things in the heart. Things that have been entertained. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if your heart is full of poison, your body is also going to be full of poison. Your mind, your brain, your emotions will be full of poison. So this topic of forgiveness is very, very important. So forgiveness at the real center of God's character. Therefore, we should walk in forgiveness all the days of our lives. Can you say amen to that? Because if we say we're following Jesus, then let's follow Jesus properly. Let's not just say I will follow Jesus on this one, but on this one, no, I can't follow Jesus on that one. Amen? God doesn't want that. Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5 says this. It's one of my favorite, those five verses, very favorite to me. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. David is talking to his own soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, everything that is within me, bless the Lord. You know that word, bless the Lord, means give glory to God. Glorify God. Glorify God, O my soul. And all that is within me, glorify his holy name. Then he says, bless the Lord of my soul. Forget not all his benefits. God has got a lot of benefits for you and for me. A lot of benefits. He said, don't forget all his benefits. The top of the list, who forgives all your iniquities. Who forgives all your iniquities. All your iniquities, he forgives. And then the strange thing is, he follows that the very next thing, which is the two, in my opinion, are connected, who heals all your diseases. These two things are connected. Because unforgiveness will generate a diseased body. But when you're walking in forgiveness, your body will be healed. So, you know, the writer of this understood things in the spirit they may not have had scientific understanding but today we understand that this is true that's exactly how it works who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction when you forgive you give God the capacity to redeem your life from destruction those toxic thoughts that will destroy your physical body your soul, your emotion. You give God an open door to redeem you from these things. Redeems your life. And then, the result of that, he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Let me tell you, church, I hope some of you are getting a revelation of this. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I don't see any of the scriptures. I've given you the list of scriptures. Why aren't the scriptures up? Amen. Sound desk. 
I gave you a piece of paper of all the scriptures. Please put them up. Thank you so much. These, um, no, Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5 was on my list there. Is it? No, it's not. Now that's because they wiped it off. I know these guys at the back there. Sorry, I'm kidding. Amen. Obviously, I omitted to put that on. Okay, don't worry. Take that one off. We're not there yet. Praise God. Amen. But I want to encourage you. Take that one off. We're not there yet. Take it off. Blanket. Wipe it off. Amen. We'll get there just now. Thank you. Forgiveness, a must. That's the title of this message. Forgiveness, a must. It's not an option. It's not a choice that we decide today we'll forgive, tomorrow we won't. Forgiveness is a must. It's a commandment of the Lord. We have to walk in forgiveness every single day of our lives. Are people going to hurt you? Come on, give me the answer. For sure. You know, if Jesus had to stand here and say this as it's written in the scripture, you know what he would say? He would say, verily, verily, I say it unto you. People will hurt you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Your best friend is going to hurt you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Your wife is going to hurt you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. Your husband is going to hurt you. I see somebody banging their their husbands. (laughs) Because we are dealing with humans. Verily, verily, Pastor Michel says to you this morning, there is not a day that will go by by in your life where somebody may not do something that you don't like and that's going to cause some form of anger, resentment in you. Verily, verily, I say unto you. We can't avoid it. We can't run away from it. It's going to happen. And especially those that are close to you are sometimes the more likely to hurt you. That's interesting. It's very interesting. So church, come on now. Let's settle this thing. Okay? Let's grow up when it comes to these things. Don't expect heaven because we're not in heaven yet. How many of you have crossed all the galaxies? If you haven't, that means you're still on earth. Amen? Praise the Lord. (laughs) We're still on earth. It's not in heaven yet. We're not in perfection yet. We are in an imperfect world. And don't look at your neighbor and think, well, you naughty, naughty, nasty little one. You are just as naughty, just as nasty as they are. Amen? Come on now. Today it's time to look at ourselves in the mirror. We're all human. We've got human nature, fallen. And to the degree that you renew your mind and renew your emotion, then you become more and more like Jesus. But it's a process. People will hurt you. You've got to get to a place where like Jesus, every time somebody hurts him, it's like water off a duck's back. Okay? That doesn't mean you become, you know, some people think that means you become thick-skinned. No, a Christian can never be thick-skinned. Never. Ever, ever. You don't become thick-skinned, but you don't receive the hurt. You let go of it. You forgive the person. You pray for them. 
You ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray for them. You don't pray for them, Lord, kill them right now. No. You pray for their blessing, that they be blessed. That's not easy to do. Sometimes. Sometimes it's easier than other times. Sometimes, you know, oh, well, let me not go down that road. Sometimes it's difficult. Bless the Lord of my soul who forgives all your iniquity. Good enough for God? Good enough for? Only two people got that. Good enough for God? Good enough for? Come on now. If we say we're Christian, then let's walk like Christians. Let's behave like Christians. You know, sometimes the world looks at us and says, well, I don't want what you have. I've got enough of my own problems. I don't need your problems as well. They don't see something in us that they desire. Because we behave just like the world sometimes. But it's time to rise because the end is near. Jesus is coming back soon and he wants a bride without spot or blemish. It is time for us to rise and walk the word of God in each one of our lives. Listen to these powerful words of Jesus whilst he was being crucified. When they were putting the nails down on his hands and on his feet. And he was an innocent man. Now, this is now in Luke chapter 23, verses 32 and 34. Let me see that one. Praise God. It says, there were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. Verse 33. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him, that's Jesus, and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Let me tell you, it's not easy when you're confronted by a car hijacker who wants to take your motor car and he's got a gun pointed at your head and he says, walk out your car, give me the keys. How many of you pray, Father, forgive them? They don't know what they do. Most of us, think they know very well what they do, this bunch of skeletons. You know, that's the way we would think. A bunch of bandits walking around with guns as if we're living in the days of cowboys. You know, this is what it's like in South Africa. All that's missing with these guys is horses and a hat. You know, the rest, they're just like these cowboys that existed, I don't know how many years ago. Walking around with guns and shooting innocent people. Terrible. But how many of us will think, first thought, Father, forgive this hijacker. <laughs> Come on now. Ah, I tell you, I'm challenging myself here. I'm hoping none, none of us will be hijacked. But if that had to happen, what do we do? What is our response? Let me tell you, until that thing is deep in our hearts, none of us will respond like this. We're going to try everything in our power to get this hijacker away and, and drive our car away. Even if necessary, we'll drive it on them too. You know. But how many of you know, Jesus said, if this man approaches you and says, give me your jacket, or something like this. He says, give him your jacket, but also give him your shoes too. Come on now. Ah, this is very challenging, church. 
we know we ignore many things in the Bible. We just say, no, that's too much. I can't do it. This is, this is the way we think. Let me say this to you. God would not ask us to do anything that we cannot do. He's not stupid. If God says forgive, he knows we can. Can you say amen to that? If God says, if, if a robber approaches you and says, give me your jacket, you give him your shoes too. He says, because he knows you can. Now, it's up to you what you do with this. Okay. But I'm trying to explain to you this morning that there are principles in the word of God. That if we say we are Christian believers, we have to walk in. These are commandments, they're not just options. You know, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And Jesus was 100% innocent. Innocent. He wasn't guilty of anything they accused him of, and yet he still forgave them. He still forgave them. But you see, Jesus was about doing the will of his Father. And the will of God is that we should forgive quickly, no strings attached. I want to clear something up this morning here. People say when you forgive, you forget. No, that's not possible. It's not possible. Because everything that you have experienced in your life is in your memory. Whether you like it or not, it's in your memory. So you can't say forgive and forget. No, no, forgive. You will notice there is not one scripture in the Bible that says forgive and forget. You won't find it. Because you can't do that. But what you can do is to release the person, to pray a blessing on them, and not to choose to get angry and resentful for the rest of your life. That's what you do. That's what forgiveness is. You lift the person to the Lord and say, God, this person has hurt me. I don't deserve this hurt, but this is what they've done. I now forgive them. I release them. Lord, free my heart. Let my heart be completely free. And you come in the house of the Lord and you praise the Lord. You are free. I am free to dance. Let me tell you, your body will not dance if you're full of anger and resentment, full of unforgiveness, your body will not dance. It's going to walk around depressed. Depressed. We say we walk in love like God commands us. Forgiveness has to be at the center of our Christian walk. We've got to forgive. And sometimes it means pray and fast. Because we struggle with it. Take two days, three days, go and separate yourself on God. And say, Father, I'm here because I'm not capable of doing this in my own power. But I'm pressing into you so that you can enable me to replace that unforgiveness with forgiveness. To love this person despite what they say and what they do. Now Jesus said this in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 43 to 45. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Oh, golly, golly. 
We wish Jesus didn't say that. But we can't clear it up. It's in the Bible. It's the word of God. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Bless them. Release the blessings of God on their lives. Wow. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Let me challenge you. Those of you who work with a toxic boss. All right. I want to challenge you to make a cup of tea and give it to him. And make sure you don't put arsenic instead of sugar. Amen. Put sugar in his tea. Ask him how many teas, how many teaspoons. Amen. And then buy a Cadbury chocolate and put it on a plate. Take this to him. And say, I just want to bless you. Challenge? Okay. Now watch this. This is very important. Watch what it says next. It says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now that is the point. That you may be, come on, read it with me, the sons of your father. That you may be sons of your father. What is Jesus saying? If you say you're a child of God and you don't deal with unforgiveness in your heart and you keep resentment and anger, he's saying that is not a testimony that glorifies God. You say you're a child of God but you're doing something which is opposite to the heart of God. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. You see, you cannot love your enemies. You cannot do good to those who hate you. Unless you have first forgiven them. Step number one. Able to forgive them. Release them to God. Release them to God. And don't forgive them today and then when you go to bed, see yourself killing them, okay? Because what you're doing, I, I must be honest, I know you love, but I've done that. There was a guy who I used to work through, he was a German fellow, when I used to work at Central Bay, and that guy used to rub me the wrong way. He really did. And I never knew how much resentment I was building in my heart. I was growing and growing and growing until one night, I went to, to bed and I put my head on the pillow and I closed my eyes and I, I didn't fall asleep for a while. But what happened is, after a while I found myself, I was thinking about throttling this guy. <laughs> I had him by the neck in my imagination and I was busy getting the lost breath out of his lungs. And this day I realized... <laughs> That day I realized that I actually, I'm sure, I realized, I, I think I'm angry with this guy. Revelation. To be quite honest, I hated his guts. And this is why I got there. I wouldn't do it physically because I got some moral values. But in my imagination, I was busy killing the man. I mean, that's bad. 
how to go before the Lord. You know, a strange thing that took place. It took me a while to work my way through this thing. I had to go before the Lord and repent and say, God, there is hatred in my heart for this man. Please set me free. And then one day I went to work. This is after a couple of weeks of working on this. And he was sitting, he had a, this is open plan in those days. I was sitting here and he was sitting down there. And the Lord, I came to my desk. He was at his desk too. I came to my desk and the Lord said to me, look at him. I said, no way, God, I can't look at this guy. I can't look at this guy. You know, he's going to feel the daggers even if he's sitting there. No, no, no. The Lord said to me, look at him. So I plucked up courage. I made sure nobody was watching, you know. <laughs> and I looked at him quickly and put my eyes down kind of thing. The Lord said to me, look at him properly. I said, okay, God. Took a deep breath. I looked at him. Okay. You know what took place? God is amazing. I want to tell you, he'll do the same for you. The day that I forgave this man, that, took, that forgiveness took place there. At that, it was wrapped up, if you want, then. Suddenly, this man got off his desk. Now, anytime he spoke to me, it was usually to yawl or say something rude or whatever. He got off his desk and I could see. I was sitting on my desk, but you know, you can see. And I saw him in the background getting up. And I noticed he was walking towards me. So I got my gun out. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get any gun. I don't own a gun. I've never owned a gun. I'm teasing. I'm just playing. But anyway, I sat there, and you know, I saw then this guy's coming, he's coming, and he actually came to my desk, and he stood before me, and he said, Good morning, Michelle. May I sit down on our two guest chairs? So I said, Sure. So he sat down. And then he started sharing his heart with me. Not about the rudeness and all of that. About things that were happening in his family and his daughter. And, and, and he just, just wanted me to know. Like we were best friends. And you know what happened? Since that day, we did become good friends. Pastor Lindsay knows the story. This goes back many years. But I had to forgive him. I had to let him go. I had to be able to look at him, not, not with a funny look, you know. I had to get to that place before God did the miracle. And I've got so much more I'll share with you when I get back to, on this topic. But because of time, I'm going to stop here. I want to say this to you. Some of you have resentments in your hearts. You've got anger. You've got uh, unforgiveness and all of this from... All kinds of things, relationships that happened in the past or whatever it is, your boss at work, some colleagues who are, have given you a hard time and, and so on and so on. There's so many things that can take place. 
You want God to do a miracle in your life and in their lives? You want God to restore those relationships? You want your brain to begin to generate those beautiful trees as opposed to these toxic things that will cause you one day to end up with arthritis and, and whatever else? You want that in your life? You also Holy Spirit to help you forgive these people. Release them. Release them to God. Say, Lord, I don't want to harbor these things in my life and in my heart. I want to walk clean before you. Set me free. Because unforgiveness will keep you in bondage. Whereas forgiveness will set you free. Thank you for listening to this message. If it has blessed you, get in contact with us by visiting our website at www.victorycenton.co.za.